Happy New Year, everyone. This is Naama, and this is Becoming Better. I apologize for not having uploaded episodes in a while. It's been very hectic. In my personal life recently, I have uh, gotten closer day by day to having my fourth child, and God willing, that will happen in March. Today's episode is about cutting yourself some slack. So what do I mean? I mean, specifically, I've gotten the impression frequently as of late that we are holding ourselves to a ridiculously high standard and we can't necessarily meet that standard. And consequently, we're holding our partners to ridiculously high standards. Now, I'm all for standards and I'm all for having high standards because we get what we tolerate, according to Tony Robbins. We get what we allow people to give us is another way to put it. But the problem is if you're holding yourself to a ridiculously high standard and you haven't realistically set for yourself what that standard ought to be based on your current environment and circumstances, you're setting yourself up to fail. Moreover, if you're holding your partner to ridiculously high standards, standards that you and your partner have not negotiated and agreed upon in shared language, you're setting both of each other up to fail and you're setting your partnership up to fail. I'm noticing this a lot with people, with a lot of my clients, and it's breaking my heart because everyone is walking into their exchanges with the best of intentions. But at the end of the day, they end up getting deeply hurt and stressed out and disappointed and even potentially feeling betrayed because they were let down because they set themselves a really high standard. They failed to meet it. They set their partner a high standard. Their partner let them down and everyone's miserable. So what's the point of this? The point of this is not to lower your standards. Sometimes in some situations, it is good to realign your standards, to take into account what's happening in your life, where you're at, how much stress you're under, what other factors are influencing you right now. That's, that's common sense stuff. Realigning your expectations is fine. But man, I don't want to see people in these partnerships and and being miserable. It's just not helpful and it's wrecking things for people. You're probably asking yourself, what do you mean? So I'll give you an example. I coach a lot of different people in a lot of different situations. And one of my clients, uh, it was her and her husband that I was uh, speaking with, And they were talking about expectations of what she's able to do around the house versus what he's able to do around the house and who, what, when, where, why. What it came down to was that, you know, she'd recently had a baby and he was taking on a tremendous amount of the shared responsibility that she had previously taken on. And, you know, that's the right thing to do. She just had a baby. However, her perspective on it was one of stress and worry and feeling out of control. And from that perspective, she was then choosing 
to translate those feelings into this must be bad. This must be wrong. This is not how I would do it. And therefore that is bad. That is not okay. And therefore I'm going to treat this situation as a source of stress. So you probably followed along, right? Like it was a neutral event that was interpreted as negative and then the decision is made to channel that into stress instead of something else. So I listened. I listened to both of them. And, you know, we we fight over stuff. We don't fight over issues. It was something simple as, you know, when you made dinner, you didn't do it the way I would do it. And it created a mess in the kitchen. And I wasn't happy about that. And I was stressed about it. And then I was worried that it wouldn't get cleaned up. Did any of those things happen? No. Did the dinner get made and get cleaned up? Yes. Did the family get fed? Yes. So there's a narrative running through her head of how this situation has gone wrong. And she's upset about it because that's the story she's told herself. This stems from a lack of communication on the part of both of them. It stems from a lack of standard alignment, aligning what your standards are to your partner's standards in a shared language. This stems from her need to control an uncontrollable situation because she just had a baby. And this stems from the need to feel that she is still a contributing member and therefore valuable. So is this really about cooking dinner? No, of course not. It's about a new mom who's being affected by postpartum hormones and, you know, neurochemical shifts and hormonal shifts and physiological shifts and not being the same person she was before she had the baby and not expressing that fully to her partner. So I listened to both of them and I, and I got down to the meat of it immediately. I don't, I don't really beat around the bush. I'm like, listen, is this really about dinner? Is this about your identity and feeling valuable? And she stopped. She's like, no, it's about that. I said, here's the deal. Your value is static. I'm going to say that again to all of you who are listening to me. Your value, your worth is static. You don't need to do anything. There's no checklist or to-do list in your life that you need to accomplish in order to be good enough. I don't care what your mom told you. I don't care what your dad told you. I don't care what your grandma told you. We are not the tasks that we do. Yes, I know William James said a man is what he thinks about all day long, but we are not our tasks. We are not our checklists. We are not our to-do lists. If the house is messy one day, that doesn't mean that we are less important or less valuable. And unfortunately, living in a capitalist society, you know, we hear something very different. So I'm going to bring this back to standards. So we are holding ourselves to this high standard. You know, this couple in this scenario is is holding each other and themselves to a ridiculously high standard of cleanliness and orderliness and, you know, positive welfare that existed before the baby was born. And now the baby's here and everything's chaos. 
And it never ceases to amaze me that like y'all knew this was going to happen and you didn't mentally and emotionally prepare for the fact that you're going to be thrown into chaos for about 60 days. Like that's a given. You have a baby. That's what happens. And instead they're holding on to this standard that they held themselves to from before. That's not where they're at. They're not being realistic. They're not seeing things as they are. They're seeing them either as worse than they are or better than they are. This is not helping. So I very bluntly told the both of them, listen, y'all are doing the best you can do. Cut yourself some slack. Accept the fact that messes are going to happen and it doesn't reflect on your identity. That chaos is going to happen and it doesn't mean you're less valuable or worthy. Reflect on the fact that you can choose to be angry that your spouse didn't cook the way you would cook and didn't clean the way you would clean. Or you can choose to be in a position of gratitude and say to yourself different words, different language. I am so grateful that my husband made dinner. I'm so grateful that my family got fed. I'm so grateful that we're in a position where we were able to buy groceries to make that happen or that we were in a position to order a meal or that we were in a position to have a family member or a friend bring us a meal. I'm so grateful. You see how changing the language changes your state? That's what I'm talking about. It's perfectly fine to have high standards. It's perfectly fine to hold yourself to the highest caliber. That's fine. That's, you know, it's it's an 80-20 rule. It's what we try to do 80% of the time. 20% of the time, life gets in the way. And we get the flu. Or we have a baby. Or we break a leg. Or you know, we end up with a basement that got flooded. Like life happens. We have to be able to adapt and recognize that it's time to shift what our standards are and realign. So on that note, the question is, how do I align my standards with my partner's standards? What if I've got a level of what I consider to be cleanliness and he doesn't? What if he's a neat freak and I'm a lot more laissez-faire? You know, how are we supposed to align our standards? Well, you're not going to like this answer, but you need to sit down with a pen and paper and do a two-column comparison and write these questions down and answer them together. How do I define clean? How How do I define cleanliness? How do I define... Uh, a full healthy meal? What do I define as a nutrient dense meal? What do I define as getting ready to leave the house? Like these are statements that we throw out casually, but they may mean something different to your partner. Maybe your partner thinks a full healthy nutrient dense meal involves something green on the plate, something brown on the plate, something white on the plate. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe you define a nutrient-dense meal as like artisanal arugula coated in homemade, locally sourced Caesar salad dressing with an organic chicken breast. Like, you need to sit down and actually discuss it. When you talk about leaving the house on time and getting someplace on time, maybe your partner thinks that that means having a plan the night before, having 
preparation ahead of time, knowing what you're going to wear, knowing what you're going to, to take with you, having your lunch made, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then being ready to go 15 minutes before you need to leave the house and sitting by the front door with your phone and your keys. Maybe for you, leaving the house on time means rushing at the very last minute and hearing like sirens blaring in your ears to remind you that the clock is ticking down. You have to sit down and get specific and get detailed so that everyone's on the same page. And once you've written down what each of you believes is the appropriate response and it makes sense to each of you, then it's time to negotiate. And if you don't know how to negotiate it, and how to bargain it, then you reach out to me and I help you do it. It's one of my favorite things to do. But like I said, the whole point right now, folks, is to become better a little bit at a time and recognizing that holding yourself to a high standard does not mean, you know, lighting yourself on fire to keep someone else warm, right? It means being realistic, and understanding that sometimes life happens and we can't do everything and be everything that everyone needs from us. So to sum it up, have high standards, hold yourself to high standards to the best of your ability, and also be really realistic and understand if there's environmental factors or outside circumstances that are going to mess with your standards. If someone's sick, if someone's stressed, if someone is financially compromised, if there's been a death in the family, if there's mental health issues, they have to factor into your standards. And once you've factored them in, you have to sit down and verbalize all this with your partner so that y'all are on the same page. I need X. I expect X. I would like Y. And what do you need? And how can we figure this out together? That's how we become better. I hope y'all are having a fabulous new year. May 2023 be the best one yet. Remember, I am available for public speech and keynote speeches. I would love to come to your community and talk. I love discussing partnership communication and betterment life coaching. I've also launched a mitzvah project called Rachel's Tent. It is a fully free program for postpartum mothers, uh, Jewish mothers anywhere in the world. I call or do video chat and we talk and I support you and hold space for you while you heal and transition through this experience. Feel free to check out my website, naamasagal.com. Check out my blog and other podcast episodes at blog.naamasagal.com. Find me on Facebook, find me on Instagram, find me on Twitter, and let's be better together. Thanks. Bye.